they showed up a few minutes after we arrived. He was wearing that stupid t-shirt, camels in his sleeve and a glob of hair gel on his head. Angela hung all over him, right from the beginning of the dance. And it didn't take a genius to realize she'd had a few drinks before she got there. Her dress was really flashy, her mother worked in a salon and was up on all the latest fashions and I noticed she picked up the ladylike habit called chewing gum. She really worked that gum, chewing it almost like a cow working her cart. Well, good old Liu spiked the punch bowl and a few more people started getting tipsy. By the time the teachers found out, most of the punch was already gone and people were getting that glassy look in their eyes. When I saw Angela gobble her, her second glass of punch, I knew I should keep my, on her, my eye on her. Even though she dumped me, I didn't want anything bad to happen to her. She was the first girl I'd ever French kissed. And even though our teeth clanged together so hard that time, we tried it said, I saw the stars and had to take aspirin when I got home. I still had feelings for her. So there I was, sitting with Jamie, barely listening as she described the wonders of Bible school. Watching Angela out of the corner of my eye when Liu spotted me looking at her. In one frenzied motion, he grabbed Angela around the waist and dragged her over to the table, giving me one of those looks. The one that means business. You know that one I'm talking about? Are you staring at my girl? He asked, already tensing up. No. Yeah, he was, Angela said, kind of slurring out the words. He was staring right at me. This is my old boyfriend, the one I told you about. His eyes turned into little slits, just like Egbert's fur, prone to do. I guess I have this effect on lots of people. So you are the one, he said, sneering. No, I'm not much of a fighter. The only real fight I was ever in was in the third grade. And I pretty much lost that one when I started to cry even before the guy punched me. Usually I didn't have much trouble staying away from things like this because of my passive nature and besides, no one ever messed with me when Eric was around. But Eric was off with Margaret somewhere, probably behind the bleachers. I wasn't staring, I said finally. And I don't know what she told you about, but I doubt if it was true. His eyes narrowed. Are you calling Angela a liar? He sneered. Oops, I think he would have hit me right there, but Jamie suddenly worked away into the situation. Don't I know you? She said cheerfully, looking right at him. Sometimes Jamie seemed oblivious of situations that were happening right in front of her. Wait, yes, I do. You work in the garage downtown. Your father's name is Joe. And your grandma lives out on the Foster Road by the railroad crossing. A look of confusion crossed Liu's face as though he were trying to put together a puzzle with too many pieces. How do you know all that? What he'd do? Tell you about me too? No, Jamie said. Don't be silly. She laughed to herself. Only Jamie could find humor at a time like this. I saw your picture in your grandma's house. I was walking by and she needed some help bringing in the groceries. Your picture was on the mantel. The Liu was looking at Jamie as though she had corn stalks growing out of her ears. Meanwhile, Jamie was fanning herself with her hand. Well, we're just sitting down to take a breather from all that dancing. 
it sure gets hot out there. Would you like to join us? We've got a couple of chairs. I'd love to hear how your grandma is doing. She sounded so happy about it that Liu didn't know what to do. Unlike those of us who were used to this sort of a thing, he'd never come across someone like Jimmy before. He stood there for a moment or two, trying to decide if he should hit the guy with the girl who helped his grandma. If it sounds confusing to you, imagine what it was doing to Liu's petroleum-damaged brain. He finally sculled off without responding, taking Angela with him. Angela had probably forgotten how the whole thing started. Anyway, owing to the amount of she had to drink. Jamie and I watched him go. And when he was a safe distance away, I exhaled. I hadn't even realized I've been holding my breath. Thanks. I said mumbled sheepishly, realizing that Jamie, Jamie, was the one who'd saved me from grave bodily harm. Jamie looked at me strangely. For what? She asked, and when I didn't exactly spell it out for her, she went right back into her story about Bible school as if nothing had happened at all. But this time, I found myself actually listening to her, at least with one of my ears. It was the least I could do. It turns out that it wasn't the last we saw of either Liu or Angela that evening. The two glass of punch had really done Angela in, and she threw up all over the lady's restroom. Liu, being the classy guy he was, left when he heard her retching, sort of slinking out the way he came in, and that was the last I saw of him. Jamie, as fate would have it, was the one who found Angela in the bathroom, and it was obvious that Angela wasn't doing too well. The only option was to clean her up and take her home before the teachers found out about it. Getting drunk was a big deal back then, and she'd be looking at suspension maybe even expulsion if she got caught. Jamie, bless her heart, didn't want that to happen any more than I did. Though, I would have thought otherwise if you'd asked me beforehand, owing to the fact that Angela was a minor and in violation of the law. She'd also broken another one of Hegbert's rule for proper behavior. Hegbert frowned on law-breaking and drinking and though it didn't get him going like fornication, we all knew he was deadly serious and we assumed Jamie felt the same way. And maybe she did, but her helper instinct must have taken over. She probably took one look at Angela and thought, boundary critter or something like that and took immediate charge of the action. I went off and located Eric behind the bleachers and he agreed to stand guard at bathroom door while Jamie and I went in to tidy it up. Angela had done a marvelous job, I tell you. The puke was everywhere except the toilet. The walls, the floor, the sinks, even on the ceiling. Though, don't ask me how she did that. So there I was, perched on all fours, cleaning up the puke at the homecoming dance in my best blue suit, which was exactly what I had wanted to avoid in the first place. And Jamie, my date, was on all fours, too, doing exactly the same thing. I could practically hear Carrie laughing, a squeaky, maniacal laugh, somewhere in the distance. We ended up sneaking out the back door of the gym 
keeping Angela stable by walking on either side of her. She kept asking where Lou was, but Jamie told her not to worry. She had a real soothing way of talking to Angela though. Angela was so far gone, I doubt if she even knew who she was speaking to. We loaded Angela into the back seat of my car where she passed out almost immediately. Although not before she'd vomit once more on the floor of the car. The smell was so awful that we had to roll down the windows to keep from gagging. And the drive to Angela's house seemed extra long. Her mother answered the door, took one look at her daughter, and brought her inside without so much as a word of a thanks. I think she was embarrassed, and we didn't have much to say to her anyway. The situation pretty much spoke for itself. By the time we dropped her off, it was 10:45, and we drove straight back to Jamie's. I was really worried when we got there because of the way she looked and smelled, and I said, "A silent player." hoping that Hegbert was not awake. I didn't want to have to explain this to him. Oh, he'd probably listen to Jamie if she was the one who told him about it. But I had the sinking feeling that he'd find a way to blame me anyway. So I walked her to the door and we stood outside under the porch light. Jamie crossed her arms and smiled a little, looking just as if she'd come in from often evening stroll where she had contemplated the beauty of the world. Please don't tell your father about this, I said. I won't, she said. She kept on smiling when she finally turned on my way. I had a good time tonight. Thank you for taking me to the dance. Here she was, covered in puke, actually thanking me for the evening. Jamie Sullivan could really drive a guy crazy sometimes. In the two weeks following the homecoming dance, my life pretty much turned return to the normal. My father was back in Washington, D.C., which made things a lot more fun around my house, primarily because I could sneak out the window again and head to the graveyard for my light night forays. I don't know what it was about the graveyard that attracted us so much. Maybe it had something to do with the tombstones themselves, because as far as the tombstones went, they were actually fairly comfortable to sit on. We usually sat in a small plot where the Preston family had been buried about a hundred years ago. There were eight tombstones there, all arranged in a circle, making it easy to pass the boiled peanuts back and forth between us. One time, my friends and I decided to learn what we could about the Preston family and we went to the library to find out if anything had been written about them. I mean, if you're going to sit on someone's tombstone, you might as well know something about them, right? It turns out that there wasn't much about the family in the historical records, though we did find an interesting tidbit of information. Henry Preston, the father, was a one-armed lumberjack, believe it or not. Supposedly, he could cut down a tree as fast as any two-armed man can. Now the vision of one-armed lumberjack is pretty vivid right off the bat, so we talked about him a lot. We used to wonder about what else he could do with only one arm and we'd spend long hours discussing how fast he could pitch a baseball or whether or not he'd be able to swim across intra-coastal waterway. Our conversation weren't exactly high bro I admit, but I enjoyed them nonetheless. Well, 
Eric and me were out there one Saturday night without a, with a couple of friends, eating boiled peanuts and talking about Henry Preston. When Eric asked me how my date went with Jamie Sullivan, he and I hadn't seen much of each other since the homecoming dance because the football season was already in the playoffs and Eric had been out of town for the past few weekends with the team. It was okay, I said, shrugging, doing my best to play it cool. Eric playfully elbowed me in the ribs as I grunted. He outweighed me by the last 30 pounds. Did you kiss her good night? No. He took a long drink from his can of Budweiser as I answered. I don't know what he did it, but Eric never had trouble buying beer, which was strange, being that everyone in the town knew how old he was. He wiped his lips with the black of his hand, tossing me a sidelong glance. I would have thought after she helped you clean the bathroom, you would have at least kissed her good night. Well, I didn't. Did you even try? No. Why not? She is not that kind of a girl, I said. And even though we all knew it was true, it still sounded like I was defending her. Eric latched onto that like a leech. I think you like her, he said. You are full of crap, I answered, and he slapped my back hard enough to force the breath right out of me. Hanging out with Eric usually meant that I had a few bruises the following day. Yeah, I might be full of crap, he said, winking at me, but you are the one who was smitten with Jamie Sullivan. I knew we were trading on dangerous ground. I was just using her to impress Margaret, I said. And with all that love notes she's been sending me lately, I reckon it must have worked. Eric laughed out loud. slapping me on the back again you and margaret now that's funny i knew i just dodged a major bullet and i breathed a sigh of relief as the conversation spun off in a new direction i joined in now and then but i wasn't really listening to what they were saying instead i kept hearing this little voice inside me that made me wonder about what eric had said the thing was chimmy was probably the best date i could have had that night especially considering how the evening turned out not many dates hit not many people period would have done what she did at the same time her being a good date didn't mean i liked her i hadn't talked to her at all since the dance except when i saw her in the drama class and even then it was only a few words here and there